For all the Fandanglers out there who know that the heart and soul of Retro Fandango is all about truth and honesty. It's all about being real and brave. That's Retro Fandango. That's Retro Fandango. When it's Android over iPhone and you can keep your stupid amiibo and always bashing on Nintendo. That's Retro Fandango. That's Retro Fandango. Thanks, Retro Fandango. Well, welcome to Retro Fandango, episode number two fourteen. Is that what I put? Yeah, two fourteen. All right. Richard is uh, fiddling with his lights. You told me I had time. You did, but you ran out. I thought I thought you were just going to flick a switch. They were just going to... said I had to go get it. Oh. What's... Uh, you got a toque today. You can't oh. hear me. It's not wearing his... But You can hear me now. You're wearing a toque today. Not a, it's not very a, cold today. Not a neck scarf. A, a neck scarf? Is there Isn't some other kind have? of scarf? Oh, no. I had this. This is my neck warmer. Neck warmer. That previously it was not so cold, so I just scooched it up to my head. So why is your neck warmer not a scarf? A scarf is a, a one long thing that you uh-huh. wrap around. A neck warmer is a circle. I you see. Just put around so you don't have to worry about all that extra mess. I see. You ain't got time for that nonsense. All right. Oh, I got Toku Joe here as well. Let's go, Dango. Let's go, Danko. All right, so what do we want to talk about? Um, <laughs> I'm still waiting to hook my light up. Your lights? This isn't your light? No, there's a little fill. You'll see, because right now I got this like skull thing going around my eyes here. I see. A turtleneck without a turtle. Richard's kind of turtly. Uh, well, I wish I had my big, long intro. The cover for all go. this. See, see the difference that makes. Oh that? yes. See that? Oh see that? yes. That's what pulls in uh, the viewers. Yeah, we the people were dropping off the the stream. Hmm. I think Stephen already left, but now you uh, now you're pulling them in. They're coming back. I can see it. The numbers are flying right back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got to go that extra mile. Yeah. Good job. I I I just uh, tweeted a photo at you on the Twitter. You tweeted yeah, on the Twitter. Like I, I I saw your stack of movies, so I put together a thing of movies. Oh, these are what? Oh yeah, I forgot my. Uh, I did watch a, a Universal Mar- uh, monster movie, almost <laughs> Marvel movie. Okay. Well, you want to talk about now? See, the only thing I can't do the spines like you can because a lot of my movies have Japanese on the spines. Oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's really inconvenient. Mm. Well, I I just lost your (laughs) your tweet now, so I can't see your stack of movies. They're all right here. Sitting right. Okay. I can just pull them right over. Okay, perfect. I got, I got a stack here, too. There you go. Well, 
let's see. What do I want to talk about first? I don't know. Um, well, in 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 this mix, a pile of movies. If you if you watched our last episode, uh, you may recall that I bought twenty movies for ten dollars. Is that what it was? Yeah, twenty. I know they were fifty cents a piece. You're wearing different headphones today. I've I've had these since I moved. Did you? Yeah. I haven't looked at you that that well. Yeah. No, these are my new headphones. Oh, okay. The uh, the old ones were like that that you have. They were just they were they were crumbling. It, it was time. I had mm. them for twenty years, something like that. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it was a long time. Mm. It was time to let them go. Um. So yeah, that's mixed in with this pile. So if you see some like, why did he buy that? It was because it was fifty cents. And if I wanted to get other movies, I had to get I had to bump it up to that. That ten dollar mark. Okay. Um, I don't know which one I want to start with. Oh yeah, okay. Let's start. Okay, let's start with this one. So this one, this movie I bought for fifty cents on DVD, the big hit. Everybody said it might be good. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's All more right. like the big shit. Who is uh, who's in there? You got uh, Mark Wahlberg. Okay. Uh, that's uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. Okay, all right. I, I can understand the quality of this film. Um, well, you know, to be fair, Lou Diamond Phillips really does try. He's trying. Lou to be- Diamond Phillips is not a bad actor, but he never. He he's not in great movies. Like, don't get me wrong. What he's doing in this movie doesn't work, but he's really trying to make it work. Mm-hmm. And if the movie was better, it might have worked. But uh, yeah, you got Christina Applegate in this. Uh, it might Christina be the, one of the. Really? It might be one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It is just. <laughs> it's not. It's. It's bad, because like the the plot is just nothing. Like it's just. It just exists. But what really what, what year was this made? Uh, late nineties. It it kind of looks like a. Uh, let's copy Tarantino. Sort of, of, but it's more more of a comedy. Ninety eight, and um, yeah, there's there's the Applegate on the on the back there. It was great audio. Thank you. But um, it's really the characters are obnoxious. That's what like elevates it to that extra level of awfulness. Like there is not one. They're all trying too hard to be funny, and it just does not work. Um, okay, um, so uh, I'm assuming there's some sort of gangsters or mob guys or... So they're all hitmen. Hitmen, okay, there we go. All right, and, now how many, uh, how many writers are on that? Well, I mean, what is on the... Uh, what is on the, the disc is not the... Or on the cover... It's not mm-hmm. the actual number of writers, right? These are just okay. the ones who did like the final draft. So there might have been more writers that were paid to uh, to r- work on this film. I don't know what the case is, but um, it is just uh, yeah. So they're all hitmen. They kidnap uh, a girl um, who turns out to be the goddaughter of their Don, who's their boss, played mm-hmm. by. Um, how come he's not on the cover here? He's nowhere here. 
Where is he? Uh, played by Avery Brooks of uh, Cisco fame. Ooh. His name's there. Every once in a while, I see him pop up in a movie. Like uh, he's movie. in this movie for maybe about five to ten minutes. And, mm. and I mean, not even, like even his presence doesn't really do too much uh, for it. Um, so, yeah, they're in trouble because, you know, they're not supposed to they weren't supposed to kidnap this person. Plus, they didn't tell him. So they weren't like bumping up. And it was just it's just awful. The worst part, though, is that they um, the this girl that they kidnapped originally, she was uh, supposed to be a, a high school girl. But they bumped her up to a college girl because uh, she falls in love with uh, Mark Wahlberg. And the amount of sucking face that Mark Wahlberg mm. does with this girl, it's just disgusting. Like, I, you could kind of tell, like, they wanted to show that these two were really passionate for each other. And they just, like, like gnash their faces together. And it happens mm-hmm. twice, and they got the, the sounds and all that, and it's quite gross. So I got so my box. Sound, sound becomes grating after a while. Yeah. So I got my box here uh, that's uh, to go to uh, uh, Goodwill. So this is going. It's it's like a, there's a place in Sudbury that uh, raises money for, um, you know, kittens and puppies. They're like a, a dog animal shelter thing. And they run so a So you're going to give them the whole DVD? I'm going to give them the DVD to, to sell to some other sap. And they'll to take that money. Kittens. And they'll save a kitten or a puppy. Hey, we got Deke here. Scotch on the rock. Hey, hey, see, told you, numbers going up. Yep. Okay. Um, you don't want to uh, save the case. I find sometimes if I'm getting rid of like a, a cheap DVD, and I know like, eh, I'll, I'll just throw away the disc and then just keep the case to replace another case. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I do replace the cases. You know, like if I have a cracked case and I'm mm-hmm. giving away, like there's a cracked case in my collection, I'll swap out the case and give the <laughs> give them a cracked case. Yeah, I don't know if I have one anymore. I think everything's okay. kind of swapped out. So, Ooh, look at your fancy DVD collection. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I finally I watched Dirt. I moved forward in my Kevin Smith movies, and I watched Jersey Girl. Did I talk about? Uh, uh, you were saying that you were watching things that he made. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I moved on to, to Jersey Girl. This one came with Bounce. This is a double featurette. We uh, we found it at that uh, thrift store, that uh, animal thrift store. Unfortunately, Why is, is that um, Ben Affleck? So he's in both I'm, movies. I'm assuming because he's – why is he so much taller than that woman? Or is that a little kid? That's a little girl. It's Jersey okay. Girl, right? And right. she's the little girl. Okay, and so it came with it came with uh, the movie Bounce with Ben Affleck and Gwyneth Paltrow. I don't know what either of those movies are. So unfortunately, they're both in four by three. So I have to get rid of this anyways. But I actually <laughs> didn't mind Jersey Girl for the most part. It it was okay. The only problem with it is that Ben Affleck's acting is so horrible in it. Like he just drags the material down so much. Is but, he putting on a joyzy accent? Sort of, I guess. Does the little girl have a lot of attitude? Oh, yeah. And she's actually the boss? Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there is some actual genuine 
uh, moments in the film that are actually really well done where they're they're fighting and they're arguing and it feels like a real family argument, you know? Um, and Kevin Smith basically pours his heart out into this movie because he just had, at this is a time when he had a little girl and, uh, you know, he, he was kind of, putting like what, how he felt about his daughter into this movie. And it really, it does come across. So there are some good moments. George Carlin is in it and does a really good job as, as the, the dad. Um, he, like, I mean, he's just doing his George Carlin thing, but it, it really works well with uh, Kevin Smith's material. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just, it's really Ben Affleck's acting. There's some, there are some cringe moments in it, but it's really too bad because, you know, the movie before this was Jay and Silent Bob, the Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back movie, where he declared that I am not doing any more Jay and Silent Bob movies. I'm done with Jay and Silent Bob. He comes out with just Jersey Girl. It bombs, flops horribly. So his next movie was <laughs> Clerks 2. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, right back hearing up. about things like that. Uh, but anyway, so Sarah watched Bounce, and she said it was it was pretty bad too, and uh, Ben Affleck's acting was pretty horrible in it. But anyways, these are both four by three; they're full screen, so they'll go. They're gone. And uh, by the way, I did pick up Clerks two on HD DVD, Ooh. two disc version. Hopefully, they work because not all of these are reliable and uh, still working. But hopefully, it. it Can you uh, show me the cover again? There you go. Is that Rosario Dawson? Yep. Oh. Yeah. This was, I remember really liking this one. So I did uh I, I do want to watch it again. So that's still on my two watch list. So stay tuned for the next episode where I'll where I'll hmm. have I will have watched that. Okay. Um I did pick up this specific copy of Terminator 2. Shiny. Even though I already have two copies of Terminator 2, I have it on. Uh, I have two. I have it in 4K and, and in Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. But uh, I needed was that to, a old DVD. I needed to grab this DVD version because to go along with this DVD, <laughs> <laughs> which they look identical, but there is something completely different about these. Did you do that just so that you can go like this and ding, recreate the trailer? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now there are two. That's the easiest way to do it. No, the the audio on this version of Terminator 2 is is quite incredible. And I would use uh, this, uh, 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 the discs on here to like test out the audio on all of my your every sound system, sound system right yeah you yeah. mentioned that before yeah mm-hmm. so um but uh when i went to open my copy the disc was missing and mm. it i didn't have disc one but i had disc two for some reason so what must have happened is that i had um tested out a, a system mm-hmm. tested out all the audio and then got rid of the DVD player or something and forgot that the disc was in there. So I lost wow. it. So I found this copy out there for three bucks. And now it's all, now it's complete. 
I took the. So you're saying the audio on this version is better than the audio on the Blu-ray, 4K, all that? No, I wouldn't go that far. It's just impressive to sit there and listen to how good a DVD audio can be. It's DTS, okay. and it just sounds fantastic. So this one with the missing disc is going to go back, and now my now my copy is complete. Yeah. All right. So keeping that. Um, now tell me if I'm crazy for doing this. Um, I have this uh, copy, this this movie. It's called Grandma's Boy. I don't know if you've ever seen this. Have you seen Grandma's Boy? I've never Boy? heard of that, but I like the cover. I like those detailed, drawn character covers. Okay. Well, this movie, it's basically... You might, you might like this because it's basically the crew who make Adam Sandler movies. Oh. But... Adam Sandler's not in it. Well, <laughs> so you might you might like this, but this is the copy I had in my collection already. As you can see, it has it has the the the, the disc in there, and it has it sure does the the insert in there. It's a nice mm-hmm. case; it's not cracked or anything, and it it's got this. But what it was missing was you ready for it? This slip cover. <laughs> Oh, it's the unrated. Oh, okay. They're both the, they're both the exact same. They're both unrated. You know, they're both the unrated version. Yes. Was missing a slip cover. Oh no, I, I totally get that. I totally get that. So I I saw that and I said, well, for two dollars and ninety nine cents, I got mm-hmm. the slip cover. Yeah. So now I got that. See, I one. I really. One of these days, I really have to bring my stack of Resident Evil DVDs, and I can show you all the variations of slip covers and and photos right. and things. Well, and the difference I is have... that you're collecting them and keeping them. I'm going to get rid of this now. I'm going to send this back to save a puppy or a kitten, whichever okay. they decide. So there they go. Um, so these are more of the fifty cent movies I bought. Uh, this uh, Cradle to the Grave. This is actually this is the full screen edition, so I'm mm-hmm. already going to get rid of it. But uh, ooh, that's in it. that old cardboardy case. Yeah. But uh, it's a. I, I watched most of it on Tubi. I don't think I'm mm-hmm. going to finish it. It's quite. It's quite horrible. It's yeah, fun. I, I got to blame you for something. Okay. Regarding that, when I get to my stack. Um, and so then I also watched Exit Wounds. Okay. So these two movies, Cradle to the Grave and Exit Wounds, they're almost, it's almost the exact same crew. They Mm -hmm. only swapped out Steven Seagal and Exit Wounds for Jet Li in Cradle to the Grave. Mm -hmm. It's DMX uh, as the um, buddy, I guess. Um, Is he the same character in both? No. Uh, Same director, same... uh, like all the the rest of the cast, Anthony Anderson, Kelly Hu, Tom Arnold is in both of these movies. Um, right. Yeah. Right. 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 Uh, this one is a little bit different. Isaiah Washington's in this one, uh, which you don't get in this one. But for for the most part, it's pretty much the same crew. They are both terrible, terrible movies. Cannot recommend them. Maybe they'll save a puppy or a kitten. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, Sarah watched uh, this one at first sight. This is with the one with Val Kilmer, who's Val blind, Kilmer. and Mar- Maria Sorvino. I yeah, watched. Right. Uh, that's what I said. Uh, I watched like uh, I don't know two minutes of it. <laughs> I was out. It was it just was kind of stupid. So Sarah agreed. She said, "Yeah, no, get rid of that one." Uh, unfortunately, this one was pretty bad. A night in old Mexico with Robert Duvall. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just one of those movies where the characters just do things for the sake of the plot. Like none of it makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So he's an old guy. He's at the, that stage of his life where he can't look after his ranch anymore. So they're coming to uh, shut it down and take him off to the old age home. He doesn't have any, um, his son is estranged. So he doesn't have anyone like to look after things for him. So, and he can't look after himself. So um, he's, they're all around his place. They're like assessing the property and all that. Cause of course he owes money and they're foreclosing the whole thing. And he's in his barn and he's ready to, to shoot himself. And who comes knocking at his door, but his grandson Rambo and his grandson says, Hey, old man, I want to learn stuff from you. And then, the old man says, get out of here. I don't want you in my life. I hated, I hated your father, and I don't like you. And in the very next scene, they're both in a car together driving towards the old age home. And it's like, well, how did they, how did they get to that point? Like, why would this? That was the next they, scene they shot. Why do they like each other now? They hated each other just a second ago. Now, they, now they're best friends. Because that's uh, the scene that has to happen when you have the... Just, the two family members get together. I don't like you. I don't like you. And then they work out their differences. Uh, but I guess they just skipped ahead. Well, anyways, uh, I think we only watched about an hour of it off of coast. Um, so one of, one of the good movies I bought in that lot, this was actually really good. This is Jet Lee's Fearless, the unrated edition. You got a lot of unrated DVDs here. Yes, there is like lots of unrated. I don't know why it's unrated. It's just a lot of fighting. Maybe there was more violence and gore in this one. Um, well, sometimes the unrated is just there was some extra footage that wasn't included, and it technically wasn't rated by the uh, the MPAA. Yeah, right. So then, even if it's just a shot of him turning his head around, <laughs> that part wasn't was rated. So wasn't therefore. Rated. The movie, although it does have a rate a rating down here, a Canadian rating of fourteen plus for I violence, and it's not recommended for young children. Uh, but this is a really good. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's not like you know anything uh, original or anything like that. It follows the same sort of hero story where he's in a big city, he gets a little too cocky, he gets knocked down a few pegs, he goes out to the country, he learns a few things, comes back kicks ass um but you know it's just it was kind of like um you know comfort food uh but this this disc is you know it's good it's widescreen unrated everything like that but i have to get rid of it because because it turns out i had the hd dvd version (laughs) (laughs) already see i i've i've been buying a lot more movies lately but i still remember everything that i have i don't know how you get to this point of like 
Well, uh, oh, I, I had that movie. I had uh, I had that on this. I had that on this. Well, I didn't. I didn't buy this movie. It was given to me by Hodge at the Last Berry Game Exchange, mm-hmm. and during all that stuff, there was so much going on that I didn't put it on the list or anything like that. I just forgot all about it. And so That's when right. I was, you keep a list and everything. Yeah, I have to. I can't remember stuff. So uh, I, uh, I yeah, I just it, I didn't add it to the list. And when I was putting my HD DVD movies away. I, I, I put them all on a nice shelf. This was sitting there. I'm like, wait a minute. Isn't that one of the movies I just bought? And of course it was. And then I thought, well, maybe it didn't work. And I put it in the machine and it, it worked just fine. So have you added a whole lot to your HD DVDs or they're still pretty uh, sparse, like hard to find in the shops. Um, I found, I found two the other day at that uh, thrift store at that, uh, Animal thrift stores. One was We We Are Marshals, and I can't remember the other movie. It was something that Sarah uh, wanted to see. So I those things have... are region coded, right? I don't believe they are. No, really? Yeah, because I do see some occasionally. There'll be like one mixed in here or there. Yeah, they don't all work though. There, there, there. A lot of them are uh, subject to disc rot uh, because mm. of the they. They pressed them off really fast, right? They were trying to beat blue uh, Blu-ray to the market, so you know, I don't. I only buy them when they're cheap, you know, or unless I I really want it. Like Clerks, I actually bought from eBay. It was un, it was still like only eight dollars shipped, but still, you know. Yeah, I but know if it's uh, if the disc is going to rot up on you, wouldn't it be better to buy it on Blu-ray anyway? Some some do, like some do, some don't, right? It just depends on. Uh, like there was a bunch, I think from Warner brothers that just whatever was in the pressing plant or whatever, they just, they, they pressed them too fast or made them too fast and didn't let them cure right or something. And they are subject to disc rot, but a lot of them are not. And it depends on when they were pressed and when they were made. So it's not like every copy, like, Oh, all of these copies of this movie are, you know, are subject to disc rot. It's only like when they were pressed or when they were made. You know, does that make mm. sense? Yeah. Sure. 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 For sure. Okay. Um, so, uh, okay. So I, I, I watched, uh, I've been wanting to watch this for a while. Um, Sixth Sense. Finally rewatched Still never that. seen that. I got to say, I, I know exactly everything that happens in the movie because I, I still remember it after watching it after 20 years. And uh, it holds up. I still really enjoyed this movie. Sarah said not as much. It didn't uh, captivate her as much as, as uh, the first time she watched it, but I thought it was really well done, really well paced. And, uh, uh, you know, I feel really bad for the kid in this movie as he's going through all the, the seeing the dead people and that, and Bruce Willis has to figure out a way to save him. Um, it's funny because um, Donnie Wahlberg has a small role in this movie and you can't i didn't recognize him at all donnie Wahlberg is the uh the new kids on the block Wahlberg. right he's not marking okay. mark he's not. right mm-hmm. now around this time when this movie came out the sixth sense he was also in band of brothers and he was terrific in in band of brothers but uh, for this movie he lost like he's only in it for like maybe two minutes at the, it's at the beginning and he lost like 30 pounds to to mm-hmm. play this uh role and uh, 
yeah, he's unrecognizable. But uh, I thought he was, uh, for anyone who watches It's Sunny in Philadelphia, I thought he was like, the, they got like a sketchy friend. Uh, I thought it was him. I thought it was that actor. But uh, hmm. no, it was Donnie Wahlberg. Anyways. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. So I got uh, Unbreakable. So I'm going to be, so look forward to a future episode. Talk I've been wanting to rewatch that. I've never seen it. Oh, okay. So, okay. Um, so do you know about... Uh, well, let me just talk about this movie. The last... second last movie I have here from the, the lot, the Black, Black Mask. Black Mask, oh yeah. Jet Li, if you recall, I believe uh, Rocket Sauce said that this was bad. It's terrible. And uh, I got to disagree with Rocket Sauce. I, I kind of enjoyed this. Now, there are some problems with it. Uh, number one is the soundtrack is quite awful. It's like all this gangster rap stuff, which doesn't really fit into the whole. Uh, he's a comic book character kind of hero in Hong Kong in the 90s. But apparently when they this this movie was uh, made in 1996 mm-hmm. and then Jet Li was in Lethal Weapon 4. Yes. Apparently he was enjoyed and liked in Lethal Weapon 4, and they just said, we could make him into an action star in North America. So they took this movie from 1996, and they repackaged it for North America, redubbed all the audio into English, and redid the soundtrack to add all these this gangster rap stuff. Uh, so that part sucks. So I'd really like to see an original version of it. But in spite of that, I kind of enjoyed this. This was kind of like a 90s dark comic book style movie, kind of like Blade or The Crow mm-hmm. or something like that. Right. Um, it's ridiculous. It's absurd. Um, but it was fun. I, I had some fun with it. Um, was that his first big exposure, the Lethal Weapon 4? It. I watched like the trailers on here, and it's all... Lethal Weapons 4, Jet Li. Jet Li from Lethal Weapon 4. Like, they were really pushing the fact that he was in Lethal Weapon 4. Okay. I think that was his big American movie anyways. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. I'm sure he had a a bunch of uh, hits. Yeah. Before that, yeah. But uh, it was fun. It was was good times. So I enjoyed that one. Hmm. So I'm keeping it. Um, So to continue on with the uh, Kung Fu stuff, this was... My sister-in-law's fiance. I don't know how he's related to me. In any way, I don't. I don't know if, I, if you're. Anyways, he's a guy I know, and uh, he lent me this movie, The Protector, uh-huh. with, with Tony Ja. And uh, I I really enjoyed this one. It was uh, it was good. I watched the theatrical version, not the international version. Um, I think the international version is a little longer than the theatrical version. The theatrical version is only an hour and 23 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it fly it flies right by. But uh, I was I was expecting Kung Fu, but uh, there was no, like it was all practical Kung Fu. Like a lot of movies, this came out in 2005, and a lot of movies around that era, uh, they used a lot of wire foo, you know, like the stuff from, Crouching. After Crouching Tiger, yeah, yeah, like even read. in uh, Fearless here, the, like there's a there's still a lot of wire foo in this uh, in this movie, but 
it's still enjoyable, but this was all like practical done. There was no wire at all. And he does some crazy Jackie Chan style of uh, 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 stunts. Like he's like climbing up walls and all that stuff. It was pretty wild. Um, and then the choreography in that was, was really well done. Um, he's um, it takes place in Hong Kong. He's a um, they uh, is it Hong Kong? Jeez, I've seen so many of these movies. It might be uh, it might be uh, Thailand. Actually, I think this one was Thailand. Anyways, his family um, protects uh, these uh, elephants. They are elephants are like these uh, creatures that uh, were used in like uh, you know battles and stuff back in, in fought in wars and stuff like that. Like Lord the of the Rings, I guess so. Uh, but in reality, they use like these these elephants, and uh, these elephants are of like a lineage. It's kind of just like horses or whatever, right? And they protect like this uh, line of uh, elephants. So uh, this one elephant, they decide to present to the king. They said like this is the elephant that we want to bring to the king, and they get tricked into actually selling it to some poachers instead of bringing it to the king. Mm. So these poachers bring it down to Australia where they can get away with like, it's like a underground uh, Chinatown kind of situation where they sell like uh, all exotic foods and that an elephant is one of the things on their, um, on their menu. Uh-oh. So basically, you know, took this elephant. So he's got to go down there. They take the, the parent elephant, then they steal his baby elephant. So he's in Thailand and he's got to go to Sydney to save his baby elephant. And he does it all with kung fu. It's good times. <laughs> I want to say, like, there's like some trace memory of seeing a trailer for this. There's you might have very familiar about that about like kung fu to save an elephant. I mean, this one, you know, like I said, it came out around 2005, and they were pushing the Tarantino. Because I guess yeah. he had something to do with the uh, packing of it, or well, he probably yeah. liked the movie and said, "Hey, yeah. let's." I'll help Let's bring this over. Yeah. yeah. So Tony Jaa, like right up there, I was like, wow, this, this guy. So the next movie I watched was another Tony Jaa movie. <laughs> I bought for 50 See, cents. Steven's doing uh, Ryan's job, quoting the Simpsons. Where's my elephant? <laughs> <laughs> so the next movie I watched was triple threat starring Tony Jaa and a bunch of other mm. dudes. Um, Incredible audio on this, man. It was, wow. I couldn't believe the amount of, uh, this was like Terminator 2 on DVD uh, quality audio. It was, it was quite in- incredible. Unfortunately, the movie itself, not that great. Okay. Um, it, uh, there's not a lot of Kung Fu in it. It just kind of falls to, you know, regular action schlock where everybody mm-hmm. has guns, but nobody like just shoots each other. Like they're in the at the beginning of the movie, they're in the jungle, and uh, him and his friend they're part of this mercenary team, and they go in to liberate some people. But then it turns out that they're actually there just to free one guy who's a, a bad dude, and they want to kill everybody else. Like the 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 other mercenaries want to kill everybody else there um, to cover up the evidence that they went in and saved this guy. So Tony Jaa and his friend get thrown in with the prisoners and locked up and they, you know, the bad guys set a bomb and instead of you know, just shooting them, you know, they, they leave 
that, that bomb will take care of these guys. And then of course they escape and it's like, yeah, they could. Oh, so yeah, that's, I don't, I don't know. Like I thought about 50, keeping 50. it just for the audio, but I got, I got Terminator two. So hey. I'm going to get it. Okay. And, uh, I just have three more movies. These are all movies I borrowed from my friend, Frank. Uh, this one's, uh, called shadow. And uh, sure this one, is. this one, it's this one was pretty good. It um, it, it's it was a slow start, but it it gets uh, better. Uh, the second half was definitely better than the first half. So, basically, they um need to go. They want to go in and uh, take down the. It's two rival families, and they want to go in and take down this family. But this family has like this uh, way of defending themselves with like this. I don't know. It's like a stick with a blade on it. I don't know mm-hmm. what it's called, but they, they had a way of defending themselves that they couldn't figure out how to get past this thing. So they send in a mole to go in and try to learn the moves. And then the mole comes back and he's like, okay, this is what they do. And they're figuring, trying to figure out all these things. So eventually they, they find out that if they fought these guys with a feminine style of fighting and they use these umbrellas with the blades on them, there are umbrellas with blades on them. If they fight back with these umbrellas with blades on them, they can mm-hmm. counteract this attack, this style, and and win. So now everything in the movie revolves around these, you know, umbrellas with blades in them. They can shoot the blades at the bad guys. There was one point where they needed to get down a, a hill of a, like, and it was like a cobblestone road, and all the bad guys are sitting there with their bows and arrows out. So they take one umbrella and they put it on top and they scratch down it with another umbrella on the, like underneath them and they slide down the cobblestone hill while the bad mm-hmm. guys are throwing arrows at them and it's hitting their umbrellas and bouncing off all over the place. And, yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it was, fine. It was, it was fine. like I was thinking, you know, like um, they can't hit these guys with the, the stick on and the blade on the stick. Like, don't don't they have arrows of their own? Like, no, these guys didn't like have arrows. Guys, like no. it was like the the other family was like more more powerful, you know. So they had to they have to be they had to come up with clever ways to take. They they couldn't rocks? use a convention. Can they just throw a bunch of rocks at them? They had to come up with like conventional ways to to defeat them. So that was our conventional way. Okay, silly hair, silly props. All right, so enough with the kung fu. Uh, we'll get to some uh, horror stuff here. I wonder. I wonder what Stephen thinks of these horror movies. He's probably seen them because he's seen all sorts of quirky movies. So this one I watched was Open Grave. Uh, it was okay. I, I don't think I'd ever watch it again. It. Um, it uh, this guy wakes up. He's in an open grave. Mm-hmm. Some lady throws down a rope. To save him, he gets out of the grave. He sees a house. He goes to the house. He's at the house. They're like, "Who are you?" He's like, "I don't know." Nobody at How the house. How deep nobody... is this grave? It was a pretty. It was you, a pretty deep. You need grave. a rope. It was a mass grave. Like there was a lot of dead bodies in it, right? And okay. uh, so yeah, he gets uh, gets gets out of there. He goes in the house. Nobody knows who they are. Nobody knows. Nobody can remember anything. So that was basically. It, it just it was everything just from there was kind of obvious like everybody would start it starts remembering 
things and the guy that climbed out of the grave they they have like really bad feelings about him and then they start remembering like him doing experiments on him and it turns out he's a doctor and they remember him like them being held down while he did stuff to them and that and it's like it's pretty obvious that what this doctor was doing was actually trying to save them because there was uh you know a virus that's going around right and all these people are like uh crazy they're like infected right so they're acting like zombies but like wild crazy zombies and he has like some sort of cure but uh this cure like he's trying to figure out the cure but it's only temporary and it only uh it it, you can't remember everything uh after you inject yourself with this uh this thing so i don't know it was kind of obvious what was going on and it just it just wasn't moving fast enough for me so that sounds like one of those movies that, that that was written because they had that that opening scene. Yeah, had the name and just like, well, what if we started a movie with somebody in a grave? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And, uh, okay, just... G- give me give me uh, eighty nine more pages. Pretty much. Uh, so finally, the, this movie I, I watched. I bet you Steven's seen Hereditary. I bet you he's watched this. I've heard of that movie, but I don't know what it is. So it is uh, made by the guys who made um, Midsommar. You might have heard of that movie as well, Midsommar. It's another one I've heard of, but I haven't seen. So same director. Um, he. Uh, this was the movie that came out before Midsommar. And uh, I hated it. <laughs> it's, it's one of those movies that uh, it uh, it's just a series of... Um, yeah. What do you said? Yep. Clicky kid. Okay. Yeah. I've seen this Clicky one. Clicky kid, ugly, ugly kid. kid. Yeah. Well, they, they do not, uh, they're not very flattering to the little girl in this movie. So it's one of those movies that uh, is very light on story and the story that is there is very sloppy, but it has a lot of disturbing imagery in it. And you're supposed to look at all the disturbing imagery and put your own conclusion, like your own, spin on what's happening and uh i just i can't i really can't stand those kind of movies because it all just feels really artificial to me mm-hmm. you know like you can use for me like you can use disturbing imagery for a story like the exorcist but what draws me into the exorcist is the suspense of what's going to happen to this girl and what's the mother is going through and all that that's really the part that clicks for me you know, so when I see the disturbing stuff, I'm like, oh, man, that's that's really sucks. That's happening to this girl. Or I can't imagine what that mother is going through. Whereas this, like, you don't care about any of the people in the movie. I don't care. None of it makes any sense. Like, and if you've seen Rosemary's Baby, it, it kind of follows the same kind of uh, uh, path. And I, I don't know. It just was not for me. So. I don't know if I'll ever watch Midsommar, but anyways, that's it. Those are all the movies I watched. You watched a whole stack of movies that I've never seen and in most cases have never heard of. You really went obscure. Well, there you go. You just heard of Terminator 2. (laughs) I didn't watch that one, though. You didn't watch that one. Oh, and the monster movie I watched was uh, Dracula. I, I finally seen dracula 
Hey, that's going to be the first one on my list because I watched a Dracula 2. Did you watch the first Dracula from 1931? I did. It's uh, what I got here. I got this for Christmas, actually. Oh. It's the Essential Universal Monster Collection. I've got Dracula, Frankenstein, The Mummy, The Invisible Man, Bride of Frankenstein, Wolfman, Phantom of the Opera, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Wow. I watched them all. Isn't it weird that the Creature from the Black Lagoon is lumped in with all those movies, even though it came out like 20 years after? Yes, I was going to say Phantom of the Opera is the one that really sticks out uh, because that movie is, you know, these earlier ones made in the the 30s are four by three, which you hate, of course. Um, No, 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 no. (laughs) If the original aspect ratio is four by three, I'm fine with it. I know. Uh, so yeah, they're four by three. They're made in the thirties. They have a certain quality to them. Um, I think Phantom of the Opera, like, uh, Wolfman was into the forties, Phantom of the Opera, maybe late forties creature of the black lagoon was in the Mm fifties, but Phantom of the Opera, there's not really a monster in that movie. It's just a guy who's disfigured. He just, and he's just kind of obsessed with a woman and that movie's in color. And I uh, think Phantom of the Opera was also uh, widescreen. Creature in the Black Lagoon is widescreen. Um, but all the others were four by three. I, I, I'd say um, Dracula, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, top tier. Those are like the, uh, the better ones. Uh, then like the Invisible Man, the Wolfman, the Mummy, kind of like the next level down. Uh, Phantom of the Opera. I didn't really get into. It's not a bad movie, but it's it said it wasn't really a horror movie. It was more like a obsessed guy, and and a whole lot of music in that one. Like they mm. spend so much time focusing on the opera, like just showing the actual opera going on. And Creature from the Black Lagoon. I was really looking forward to. Admittedly, pretty boring. Uh, that it falls into the. That falls into that, you know, cliche 50s monster movie of scientists. Mm -hmm. And then just here's a monster going by. And it just repeat, repeat, repeat. Monster shows up. Lady goes, ah. (laughs) Yeah. And then he stumbles away. And then they do that again and again and again. There's really no story. The costume, though, I'll say looks fantastic. That original creature suit. Like, it's amazing. They even have underwater shots of him, like, swimming around. Mm-hmm. And it looks great. Yeah. I, I have seen that one before on Turner Classic Movies. And, mm-hmm. and I, I enjoyed it for what it is. But uh, Stephen wants to know if I watched and enjoyed The Vavitch. I, I wasn't really the a bitch. fan of The Vavitch myself. You got to talk to Duke about that one. That's his I know. He's a, huge, movie. he's a huge fan of it. I've heard I, I got to admit, I'd like to uh, see that one again. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I just remember the witches at the end, and I was like, "Yeah, this is this is stupid." <laughs> <laughs> well, um, after you went out and bought a whole bunch of cheap movies, I've bought not as cheap movies. Um, you were going to say something? I just want I, I was I want to talk about uh, Dracula a little bit because okay, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Well, I just um, I I didn't uh, enjoy it as much as I thought I would. I I really mm-hmm. did. Your version of the movie like not have a lot of soundtrack. 
Like there was a lot they of. They didn't silent. have music. Yeah. yeah. The early, those early ones, Dracula, Frankenstein, they didn't, they didn't know to put music in the movies at that point. Well, they so would. Like it, in the, it is a little odd. There's some at the beginning. There's yeah. that kind of like thing, but then through the actual film, there's a lot of silence, which is staticky silence. Mm. Well, because like in the twenties, like during the silent films, they, that's all they would have is music to drive the the story, right? Yeah, but for whatever reason, they didn't think to include music, whether it was an artistic choice or a budgetary choice. They're just like, eh, we're not going to have music. It'll just be quiet. Yeah, I wish a lot of. I, I wish more of the scenes had had music. I, then, it, it was a little jarring the first time I watched it, and I was like, how come I can't hear anything? And then um, the rubber bats. <laughs> there was a lot of rubber, rubber bats. Bat. You got to put it into its time. The movie is over 90 years old. Yeah, now. I know. I know. But so th there's some hokey, corny stuff. But why did Dracula there's have, also a lot of great stuff. Why did Dracula have armadillos? There's armadillos in a couple of these movies. Somebody really liked armadillos. <laughs> It's, I, it's overall, a though, corny, I, it's a little hokey and everything, yeah. but there's there's some great moments. I, I'd say, out of all of them, I like the Frankenstein movies better than Dracula. I did like right. Frankenstein more. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not but, in general. I'm not a fan of vampires. So, but. Mm. and then the, these. I don't know what it was with the scripts, but like all the movies just kind of end suddenly. It's just like, yeah, I got Dracula, yeah. <laughs> a universal picture. Yeah. They must have just run out of money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it, it happens oh, with yeah. a couple of them. As soon as you get that death scene of the monster or something, like, whoop, yeah. that's it. I, I did like, how, though, how they had to bring all of his soil over to England because he has to rest around his own dirt. He can't mm -hmm. just rest under England soil. I would not. He would die or something. Is, yeah. I, I think that goes back to the original novel. There, there are some things I admire in these films. Um, the Invisible Man, which is a little bit of a silly movie. It's kind of half comedy. Uh, one thing that um, did I did I mention this before? I think I just had this conversation. Um, but the Invisible Man. Oh, yes. Okay, never mind. I didn't tell it here. Um, there's a whole, it, it's snowing and everything during the, the movie and he's going around, he's doing his nefarious stuff. But at one point he gets kind of like a confidant, somebody who he's, he's telling his stuff to an unwilling participant and he's going, they're going over all the things that you would normally pick out in a movie where they deal with invisibility. And he, he's, there's talking about how cold it is because he has to run around naked and they're, they're saying, mm. Oh, well let's wait till it's really cold and we'll see his breath right. or we'll see the snow, you know, collecting on his shoulders. And he's saying, no, you have to follow me around to wipe my feet off. So the dirt doesn't show. And like all these things that you'd normally pick out in modern day movies when they deal with invisibility, right? Like they thought of all of that stuff. They threw it all in there. Probably there's one part where on, they on novels too. Right? Yeah, and there's one part like these. Everyone knows about this invisible man, and they want to have a meeting in this room. So they start by dragging a big net across the whole room and sweeping it, just so they can <laughs> know that he's not in there. You know, yeah. little stuff like that it made a big difference. 
I do. I it's on my list. I do want to see it. Um. Well, yeah, I bought a, a bunch of cheapo ones. Uh, some of these were just cheap, and some of these I went to one of my shops that I haven't been to in a while, and then uh, right there on the front door, closing, moving location. And I was like, oh, no, now I'm never going to get to go to this place again. But the good thing is all the DVDs, movies, and stuff were 50% off. Nice. And if you bought five, they would be 70% off. Ooh. So some of these I got uh, pretty cheap. You got go to you gotta get five now. Well, yeah, I got five. Um, kind of a mix. I don't know if they're all in here. Oh, I forgot one. Oh, one. I watched it last night. I got Enemy Mine with Dennis Quaid and Louis Gossett Jr. So they're like two, like a human and an alien, and they crash land on a planet, and then they learn together. It's kind of like when Jordy and the Romulan were stuck on the planet. Oh, yeah. And they, they kind of help each other and become friends. And I think it's a so-so kind of movie. Okay. I've never, I've never, I don't remember that movie at all. It It starts better than it finishes. It, it's a lot of just the two of them doing stuff. And then it kind of gets more actiony towards the end. Yeah. Um, I also got this one cutthroat Island with oh, Gina okay. Davis. Yeah. Matt yeah. Modine. You seen this movie? No, but I know it's infamous for like tanking Gina Davis's career. Basically. That, that's what I heard afterwards. I had never, I never heard of this thing, but yeah, apparently she was married to the director, Rennie Harlan, uh, Rennie yeah. Harlan. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, she is totally miscast in this movie. Yeah. It's not a great movie, but she sticks out. Like, she can't deliver piratey lingo. I had no idea what this was about. So I just saw the, the cover and I, I kind of assumed, okay, he's a pirate. She's the damsel in distress. But no, she's the pirate captain and she is not suited for it. And I, I like Gina Davis. Yeah. Well, up until that movie, she was on a run as one of the most bankable actresses. Like she had a, a string of like a league of their own. And this was, uh, yeah, just uh, after Thelma a league Louis. of their own. Yeah. 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 So they were big hits. And then that movie came out and she never could uh, climb out of that. Cause mm. it, it, I, it bombed like it uh, bombed pretty bad. It bombed. It's not very good. Lots of cool stunts though. Lots of like the, the set pieces and everything all built. There's tons of explosions. There's one yeah. scene where she's, it looks great. She's like in a window and she, this thing is exploding and she goes out the window and lands on the horse carriage and it keeps yeah. going. And it looks really well, good. A, a lot of uh, movies that bomb like that, the reason why they bomb so badly is because they spent a ton of money on it. It's not that yeah. a lot of people didn't see it or didn't like it or whatever. It's just the amount of money that they spent on it was so great that it would have to be a massive hit in order for it to make yeah. them to make that money back. Hmm. And that's what didn't happen. Uh, that Steven also says didn't... his arms wide. Going back to Kemba, his arms wide. Right. Uh, I'm guessing this one also tanked. Kung Pao Enter the Fist. I I don't know if it tanked. I think I have that movie. I I had never seen this. I always was curious because it just looks so silly and so stupid. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I didn't realize that it was going to be borrowing all this old footage from other movies. And oh, just, that what it does? It's just well, it's this guy. I don't. I, I got to look him up. I apparently he was like the writer and director. Okay. And star. 
but uh, I don't know how he got into a position to make this, but he, there's a couple of funny moments, things that made me really laugh. Yeah. And then it's a lot of him doing voiceover for other characters. Oh. And just, you know, it, it gets old real fast. It's the kind of thing that would be really funny in like a sketch comedy skit. You know, you could do like a half dozen of these and people would say, oh, that should be a movie. That's so funny. And then mm. that's what happens. That's how it goes. Yeah. Um, I also got a copy of uh, Executive Decision starring Kurt Russell and Steven Seagal. Oh, I think I've seen that like a long, it's, long time. It's, uh, it's kind of so-so. Yeah. Die hard on an airplane. Uh, yeah. That's what Steven Seagal's move. Um, I got a Spike Lee joint, Do the Right Thing. That's pretty good. Have you seen this? I've heard I, it's I enjoyed good. it. Parts of it. it. Not the whole. Maybe there are parts that are kind of questionable, but most part, good. I also have. Hey, Rocket Sauce. Sauce. I also have a Terminator. Only ah, I got the, the third one. Uh, this premium edition pack yes. is one of the most commonly seen dvds in all of the shops around here <laughs> sold a ton of copies i've never picked it up because i i was never willing to pay five bucks for it but when it goes down to three dollars yeah then i'll get it for he thought the show started at 4 p.m central oh uh, you missed Easter. out steven was Always filling Easter. in doing your simpsons quotes yeah. you better catch up and I also found a very thin copy of A Bronx Tale. Oh. I remember seeing this a very long time ago. Yeah. And the only scene I remember is get in the bathroom, get in the bathroom when they're like playing dice or something. I, I like that. There's a couple of moments in that movie that I really enjoy. I don't know if I'm a fan of the whole movie, but the one that I really enjoy is when like he tells, he tells them like, Hey, get yourself a girl. Like, who's going to open the door for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You walk around the back of the car yeah. and, and watch. She, and then she the, opens the door for you. And the other one that I, that sticks out in my head all the time is he's at, he's chasing, the young guy's chasing after, hey, that guy owes me 20 bucks. And he starts chasing him. And Chaz, Paul Materi, whatever, holds him back and says, what are you doing chasing this guy all around for 20 bucks? You gave that guy 20 bucks, you got him out of your life. You basically paid him to get him out of your life. Don't worry. So he's going to avoid you now because he owes you this $20. Consider yourself better off. And that's always stuck in my mind too. Just goodbye. Sometimes a certain line sticks out. Yeah. Um, I got one. I'm going to save this one for the end because it's right. so good. All right. Um, some of these I did. The Some of these I did not pay a cheap price for. And they weren't expensive, but I paid like regular Utah Price. I finally picked up a copy of The Godfather. Oh, nice. The Godfather 2. Yep. And Exit Wounds. <laughs> Just as good as Godfather 3. <laughs> oh, See, this sorry. one I blame you for. This I'm was sorry. in there. And I was I was in there and I was debating. I was like, should I get one more? It's gonna come out. It's like an extra three bucks. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like, do I want it? And I walked up and down the aisle so many times, like, all right, fine, give me that exit wounds. The the good thing about exit wounds is that it captures a wonderful image of early two thousands Toronto. If you wanted to know what it was like walking around in Toronto okay. in the two thousands, that's that's what it was. I mean, they pretend it's Detroit, but it's really Toronto and a little bit of Hamilton. I got the mm -hmm. hammer in there too. All right. Um, 
I can't defend this next one, but I did pick up a copy of Sister Act, <laughs> Sister Act Two. Sarah loves those movies. We, you we know have. what? I saw the original one in the theater. And yeah, I went to Catholic school, and I was like, "All right, yeah. you got me sold. It's more interesting than class." The reason I bought this though is because I, I somehow came across a North American copy that was just sitting in my local shop, and it was super cheap. And for two movies, yeah, you got Sauce's approval. They're good flicks. Yeah, I, I enjoyed them. I've never seen the second one. Well, sir, we got them both on DVD. We don't have the fancy Blu-ray, so all right, we're a little bit. My, mine is the twentieth anniversary edition, and I bet mm-hmm. you there's probably some kind of sing-along or music video oh, or something in here. Oh, that reminds me on Black Mass. By the way, Sauce, Black Mass was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Uh, on Black Mass, there's a there's a on the DVD there's a game. It's kind of a it's kind of like a. a oh, is it one of those like you click around and find something kind of game? It asks you a question, and then it's like a multiple choice, and then you you pick which one you think is the right answer, and mm-hmm. if it's the right answer, it'll take you to the next question. It'll play a little clip from the movie that where like he'll get out of like a bad situation or whatever, and you'll go to like uh, you'll be able to continue on. But if you um, if you pick the wrong answer, it'll take you to a clip of the movie where he's getting like punched in the face or something like that, <laughs> and they didn't like make clips, I think, for the game. They just actually take you to the clip from the movie. And my like Blu-ray player was just like going wild trying to find like these clips and because then it like up converts and that, so it's like flickering and all this stuff every time it's trying to play it. it, it was... I remember um, I have a DVD copy of uh, Dark City. And that one had like an interactive game in the menus. Like yeah. it, you had to find Shell Beach and you had to like click on hidden things in the menus and stuff. I actually came across that on that Kung Pao where, you know, sometimes in DVDs they'll have a hidden option. Yes. You click up and then, you know, yeah. there's like a little image that highlights or something. Monty Python discs were notorious for having like a bunch of little Easter eggs. What they yeah, 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 yeah. They don't really do that with Blu-ray, do they? No. There you go. Uh, Sauce says, I haven't seen Black Mass 2, City of Mess. I have not. I hear it's pretty bad, but Jet Li's not in that one. So hmm. there you go. Um, I also, and this I bought only because it was 70% off because they had it listed for a very high price. So it, it brought it down to a reasonable price. Uh, the recent Hellboy movie with oh yeah, um, David Harbour. I really like the uh, Del Toro ones, and Mm. this one did not look great to me, but I'll give it a shot. I haven't seen it. It's it's got a black case. That's always cool. That's cool. All right, now I got two more here. One of these was a cheapo, and one of these I paid a regular price for. Okay. I don't know which one I'm more excited about, so I'll I'll, I'll do them alphabetically. This this one I got for for a cheap price. Beavis and Butthead ah, nice. to America. I've never <laughs> had this. I've been looking for it forever because every time I find it online, it's like crazy expensive with imports and everything and, mm. and all that. And then I was looking around at the DVDs and, and my wife was there and she called me over and said, hey, did you see this? They had it in the children's section. Oh, <laughs> well, so it's a like, cartoon. Right. <laughs> it, yeah, fair enough. 
but yeah, I, I've wow. been searching for this for so long. I don't know why it's so hard to get Beavis and Butthead stuff. Which, by the way, they came out with a new movie like a couple months ago on their Paramount Plus oh. station thing. Yeah. And I've been trying to find a copy of it. And I don't know, did that not get a physical release? I don't know. I forgot all about it, to be honest. Beavis and Butthead do the universe. I really right. want to see it. Yeah. And uh, I, I just can't find it. I don't have that Paramount thing around here. So. Yeah, me neither. Um, what's up, Kyle? All right, here's the creme de la creme. I was very excited when I found this. The Chuck Norris action pack. Whoa. It's got four <laughs> Chuck Norris movies. In Delta Force, Missing yeah. in Action, Code of Silence, and this title's awesome. Lone Wolf McQuaid. Ooh. That sounds cool. That does sound cool. Yes, yeah, so I'm very excited to uh, jump into these. Oh, there you go. Didn't you? You just watched Delta Force, didn't you? No, oh. I watched um, Invasion USA. Oh, that, that one. Okay. All mm. right. Well, I'm sure they're all stellar because Chuck Norris only did stellar movies. Yeah. Well, the, the I mean, these, I, I kind of peaked real quick. They all have the average Rotten Tomatoes score of being uh, pretty bad. Yeah. Except Code of Silence was up in the 80s. Ooh. And in that movie, he's wearing uh, a jacket quite similar to the one that Eddie Murphy wears in Beverly Hills Cop. So I'm, and it was made around the same time. So I'm guessing he's uh, stealing a little bit of that thunder. Mm. Uh, uh, Steven says he, he has seen the Beavis and Butthead movie, and he said it was okay. Okay. Shout out to uh. Smart Beavis. Oh, don't spoil things for me. I do want to see it sometime. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm very eager. I heard they were bringing back that show in some form. Beavis and Butthead? I guess, yeah, but I guess there's not a whole lot of excitement about it. Well, it's all like these streaming services and that, right? And they're all just trying to come up with exclusive content for these uh, streaming services. And yeah, what do we got? What do we own? What can we bring back? Right, exactly. So, like, uh, a lot of them are trying to follow the... Uh, Netflix formula where Netflix just okays everything, right? And it just comes out, cranks out content because yeah. they want to be one of the remaining two or three streaming services that will be left standing. And the way to do that is just to have a whole bunch of IPs that people care about. So, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You know what showed up on Netflix recently? Uh, the Incredible Hulk from 1977. The, oh. the lead up before the um, the TV show. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. I mean, hokey, very hokey and of very course. silly. Yeah. But uh, they knew how to write characters then, like uh, Banner and, and his uh, lady friend in that. And most of the movie is just them in a room talking. And, mm. and like, they're, they're written as smart characters. Yeah. I remember being frustrated with that as a kid. Like, it would yeah, take forever yeah. for the Hulk. You're just waiting for Lou up. Ferrigno to show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, enough of this talking. Let's get to the Hulk doing his thing. Yeah, I mean, and I guess they changed it because the makeup he had for this first one, he had, like, the really big, thick Frankenstein brow and, oh, like, okay. a, like, a nose piece. And his, his wig was all out of control. So. Yeah, so they probably but toned it, it down. For it's the like TV the power show. of that that 
Incredible Hulk theme, the little piano keys when yeah. he walks away. Yeah. Because you could see, you know, big goofy Lou Ferrigno with his terrible wig and the green paint and his baked bean teeth just like breathing <laughs> the camera. And, you know, with that music playing behind it, you're like, oh, poor guy. They definitely knew how to do theme songs back in the day. It was the hook to get you to watch the show, right? So they yeah. put a lot of money and effort into them. Unlike today, where I, most shows I don't—they don't even have theme songs. You know, hmm. they just start up. Yeah. Uh, Kyle says Paramount is okay. It has Lucy, Twilight Zone, and Ooh. Star Trek. About it, Lucy. I love Lucy. I think that's what he means. Yeah, that's a nice lineup right there. I'd watch all yeah. three of those. But would you pay five bucks a month, another whatever to just no. watch that? I'd pay, you know, whatever I did for all these $3 DVDs <laughs> yeah. to watch a limited selection right. of things that I enjoy or hope to enjoy and exit wounds. Well, hmm. uh, I guess that's it for movie talk. I think that's it. We did an hour and 11 minutes. Just on movies. Uh, was there anything left in here? Uh, any more? Oh. No, that's it. Mind all that, all that. That's all done. Um, so, well, I guess I watched the, what you recommended, the Red Letter Media video on. Uh, oh, the VHS thing. VHS and and Dookie. Um, so, basically, just to get people up to speed on the what they did, they were basically they were questioning like this whole VHS um, market, and why all of a sudden old VHS tapes. That nobody cared about. Now all of a sudden they're raising a, a up in price, and they're right. Well, like, they had them graded, professionally right. graded, and right. um, they cited the example of a Back to the Future tape that sold for I don't know thousands and thousands of dollars. Well, did it really sell for thousands and thousands of dollars? Or well, somebody's... a sale was completed for yeah. thousands and thousands of dollars. Right. Well, in a lot of these uh, websites and whatnot, it's not just to VHS, but it's any of these memorabilia or nostalgia things or whatever. Uh, I, I, I haven't seen it lately, but for a while there, there were like a lot of articles like, keep this, you know, if you collected this back in the day or go check, see if you, if you have this item or whatever. And they'll cite like, uh, you know, something that will be somebody's trying to sell it for like, I don't know, a hundred thousand dollars online, whatever it is. Right. But that's just what somebody's asking for it. It didn't right. actually sell for that much. Just some jerk out there thinks that his Nintendo is worth a hundred thousand dollars, you know, whatever the, the catch with that um, or the hook, I guess, or whatever it is with that back to the future tape too, is that it was actually owned by the guy who played Biff Tannen. Right. Yes, yes. Like it was actually his. Uh, Tom Wilson. Right. It was his copy of Back to the Future, which I don't know if that raises its value or not. But anyway, so then, uh, yeah, they went and had a bunch of their movies um, graded. They brought up the point that a lot of the movies uh, that are valuable have a story attached to them, like the, the whole, you know, this was Biff Tannen's. VHS or there well, something. yeah, when something uh, has a story behind it, uh, but a lot of the ones that were going up in price uh, generally just seem to be very yeah. common, very popular tapes. Back to the Future, Batman, Jurassic Park, you know, Jurassic Park, yeah, 
and it, and it may it doesn't really make too much sense but it's almost like as if they're starting like a false inflation of, of a market you know of something that doesn't really exist i don't know how many people are actually looking to collect these things or or whatever don't I gotta <laughs> look around the community. Well, yeah, but I, I don't think people are looking to spend too much money on them, right? Like, I think part of their the appeal to these things is that they can get them for dirt cheap. They're getting them for under a dollar or whatever. They get yeah. some sort of cheap thrill out of out of it. Um, oh, I, I, I totally understand the personal connection. If you if you enjoy the movies and you like, you know, having the cases and looking at them, put them on your shelf. Yeah. When you're buying the sealed mint, overly charged, you know, overly priced copy, that's when things, something's not adding up. Yeah. Like I, I definitely have used VHS tapes uh, as decorations or whatever on, on my shelf, you know, like I, I saw have, your Star Wars show. Yeah. I had some Star Wars things. What am I going to do with these? You know, oh, I'll put them with the VHS movies, you know? So I had Chewie with Star Wars and, uh, Yoda with Empire Strikes Back and and uh, Wicked, the Ewok with the Return of the Jedi. Nobody noticed that though. That was a I purpose. Did. That was a purposeful thing. You know, that was Chewie's first movie, Yoda's first movie, Wicked's first and only movie. I, I do let you count that those. Yoda's first movie was Episode One. Episode One came out in 1999. No, it's the first one. And Empire Strikes Back came out in 1980. That's the first one. <laughs> Kyle is blaming Midnight is Flashing for the rising price of VHS. <clears throat> uh, did I finish Strange New Worlds? No, I, I didn't. I I, I, I finished um, the Orville, and I just got it out of my system, and, and, and I was good. I really I, – I don't know. It's just – I wasn't really uh, motivated to go back and watch it to finish it off. Anyways, their whole experiment on Red Letter Media with the VHS tapes, they had this movie called Dookie that they've been going on about, and people send them copies of Dookies. They had, like, I don't know, 50 copies of this movie on VHS. It came a, became a running gag on the show. They decided to send their best version, sealed copy of Dookie to go get it graded. And then in the process, they ended up uh, destroying all the other copies they had of Dookie just to show that they don't really care about, you know, preserving this movie. You're waiting for whatever. me to correct you, aren't you? What did I say wrong? No, nothing. Dookie? It's not Dookie? I thought it was Dookie. What did no. I say wrong? I don't know. You Ducky? said it so many times that it feels obvious. Nookie. Oh, it was Nuki. There you go. I couldn't. It was Dookie or Nuki. I don't know. I can remember. I don't. I don't pay attention to details. <laughs> Anyways, um, so this movie Dookie. <laughs> <laughs> so Nuki, uh, uh, yeah. So they they destroyed the copies of it and all that, and but so then they they wanted to take and sell the movie on eBay. It was for charity. They were going to donate the money to charity. But what I, I didn't really catch, understand what the purpose of it was because they basically were creating a story, right, with uh, this this movie. Like their, mm-hmm. their antics on the internet were basically creating a story around it, which is going to inflate the price of it. Mm-hmm. 
Like, what was the what was the purpose of that? Just that to raise money for just charity? to prove, just to raise awareness of the point of that of saying, look, this is a process that people are doing. They're, uh, you know, making this fake market, charging a bunch of money for VHS tapes. Yeah, um, we'll do the same thing, and we will tell you exactly what we're doing to prove our point that this is what's going on. Uh, and then also, I think part of it is the spectacle of occasionally, I think occasionally they do try to create viral videos and they don't really plan out. There have been a couple of times where like they destroyed a bunch of Star Wars figures and things like that. I, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And I, I don't think they, you know, they're thinking like, hey, this is going to hit a big number, uh, you know, and, and get us a little more attention. But uh, yeah. Also, the spectacle of the entertainment of just they watch us destroy videotapes and things like that. Low, okay, so Steven says it was a low-key flex, money for charity, part trolling scalpers. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Well, um, that was entertaining. <laughs> Anyways, hmm. uh, I, 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 I was hoping that they would kind of go into more of a deep dive to show, like, uh, what I thought they were going to do is take these now graded movies and try to sell them on ebay to show like that the market was uh really in like it, there's really is no market for these things you know it was only on this website where it seemed to be people were you know buying each other's vhs tapes kind of create this market but i guess they kind of made that point already anyways when they showed like how there were no bids on a lot of these vhs tapes on ebay but you know like all this stuff, like people just hear these things. They hear these stories or whatever, like, oh, this movie sold for this much. And then they believe that that's how much it is. And then people start spending money on it. And then that's how the price goes up on all these yeah. stupid things. And I don't know where they uh, get there. Sometimes like people just charge weird things. And uh, part of me wants to believe that it's just to generate interest in the store. You know, like I see things in my local secondhand shops and you'll be like, okay, five bucks, five bucks. And then you'll see something that's priced crazy. There's a copy of Reservoir Dogs on Blu-ray in one of the shops. What do you think they're charging for it? I don't know. It's like a $5 disc around here. <laughs> it's over $100. Oh, my goodness. There's nothing special about it. It's not some limited edition run or whatever. It's not like in a, a fancy tin case. It's not autographed or anything. But it's just a ridiculous price on it. Once Is upon it a time to in America. That I, no, I don't think so. It's a Tarantino movie. I mean, hmm. the they guy, sold a bunch. Uh, he, yeah, he sold a few. But uh, some of the prices occasionally, uh, I find it a lot with horror movies, like oh, yeah. kind of like slasher movies. Yeah. Um, you know, this, everything else will be like this price. And then suddenly it's like, oh, this one's $40. Yeah. Why? It's a DVD <laughs> from like 1980. I think, well, the thing with horror films and horror film collecting and that, there were a lot of low budget movies that didn't get a huge print run or mm -hmm. whatever eventually didn't make it to DVD because there isn't just that much interest in it. But there are like some hardcore collectors that know about these movies that want to have a copy of the movie for themselves. So they'll pay a little extra for these obscure 
movies, right? But then it becomes a thing where they people who don't really know but own a store or whatever think all the horror movies are worth much more, you know, when they're really not, you know. That that's yeah. what I think is going. All I know is that it's just so arbitrary with the pricing in these shops, and sometimes I think they they charge certain items to sell, and they char they price certain items to sit on the shelf so that they don't have empty shelves because mm, you don't yeah. want empty space in the store. Yeah. So it's like okay, well, put it up here. That way, we always have something nice to look at when somebody comes in. Yeah. How much would you spend if you saw a nice Good condition, sealed copy of Ghostbusters on VHS. What would be your your ceiling? I I, I already have it, so <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't spend anything. What would it. be your ceiling? Like, what what would you pay? Like five bucks? Would you be willing to go ten dollars for it? No, I, I I don't want it. I already have a copy. If and you didn't have a copy, if I didn't have a copy, game. okay. If I didn't have a copy, maybe I would spend four or five dollars on it. Just You'd be like, okay, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not really okay. into, like, uh, I'll tell you, like, uh, the other day I saw Deliverance on VHS. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I was kind of like, oh, that's a Burt Reynolds movie. But, you know, it wasn't really, um, like, it didn't have, like, the classic cover with the, the hand coming out of the water and holding the shotgun. It had that, but it was kind of, like, squished down. And then there was, like, mm -hmm. movie stills. And I, I just didn't like the, the look of the box yeah. or anything. So I was like, Eh, I'm not, I, I don't want that. I'm I fine. hate when they change the movie, like the cover. Yeah. Like there's kind of like the classic cover yeah. when it first came out and yeah. that was the movie poster and everything. And then later on you get a, a reissue and it's like, oh, what is this cover? Yeah. Where'd they get this picture from? But I think they're, I think they're VHS. I think I was at a Valley Village. I think it was $1.99. So if it was like the classic cover, I might have bought it for $1.99. Might have. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not really into collecting VHS. You know, it'd have to be something. Nor that, am I. Like, There's uh, only one VHS that I would buy if I ever came across it. I do believe that the first Resident Evil movie came out on VHS. And I would need to have that <laughs> as part of the collection. <laughs> I, I kind, I'm half looking for the Star Trek movies because those are the ones I would get at Christmas time. But oh, not the like one that. in the, the box where it's like one, two, no. three, four, five, six? I don't want no. that. I want like the what I had was like the ones before the box, right? That box that came out around was it Star Trek Five? I, I think, think so because then they they also yeah. snuck another one in there. Star Trek Six. And I don't and I don't remember if it was Six or if it was Generations that they kind of forced into another box. I think they did the, it with both. They had it making the Enterprise, yeah, and then there's just like an extra one. Yeah, little red dress, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I just bought another uh, uh, blue uh, DVD. Well, we're gonna have to look at it. And the DVD. You want me to are... bring over some? I actually picked up uh, five Resident Evil items. How long will it take you to go get them? <laughs> um, uh, I'll just tell you. Okay. I I found a Blu-ray that had one, two, and three in it, and it's a nice little slipcover thing on it. And then I picked up some alternate covers for one and three. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, I wouldn't spend too much money for them. Anyways, I don't really want VHS, too much VHS. Uh, but the DVDs, I'll buy those because I'll actually watch them. And I was actually, I was actually at a store. I was at a, a thrift store in North Bay the other day, and uh, 
I bought um, or I was looking at their DVDs, and in that collection, what they in their DVDs they had a copy of Super Cop Two. Check so, chain. So there was Police Story, Police mm-hmm. Story Two, Police Story Three, mm-hmm. Super Cop. You can find those three fairly easily, but Super Cop Two. Sort of it, Jackie Chan was in it, but uh, Michelle Yeoh kind of took over. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a Michelle Yeoh movie, but you can't find. I can't find that anywhere. I can't even find it to download it just to watch it. I found it. I think I streamed. There was a copy on YouTube, but it has no subtitles, so I can't tell what the heck's going on. Mm. Or there was a copy in YouTube, anyways. I found a DVD. I found the DVD at this thrift store. I open it up and it's kind of roached. Like it's just doesn't look that great. Mm-hmm. They still wanted $15 for it. $15. So I left it there. I said, you know what? Not doing it. Not doing it. Mm-hmm. So there you go. There's your lesson. Yeah, you draw your line somewhere. If I if I come across something that's a little pricey, but it's hard to find. And most importantly, it's something that I want. Then maybe I'll, I'll consider going, you know, a little above and beyond. But for the most part, if it's the kind of stuff that you see all the time. Yeah. Oh, I didn't bring it over, but I also, I also picked up a copy of The Wolfman from 2010. Oh, yeah. You have that here in your photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I watched it the same day that I watched The Wolfman, uh, 1944. 43 whatever that movie was original is better so the original that's the one where he's uh, spying on the girl through the telescope and yeah it's not that's, brilliant no that's, cre- <laughs> it's a that's creepy creepy a little creepy isn't it? He, he spies on her and then he goes to her shop and then he's like ah, i want to see some earrings and she's like oh we have these like nah not those the ones you were wearing in your room yeah <laughs> it's like what go put them on <laughs> what and she finds it charming. Oh, you were spying on me. Oh, that's so good. No wonder why men grew up confused, not knowing what the heck like women want. Because these movies were like, yeah, go spy yeah. on them. They'll be really impressed. Well, you know, classic Wolfman story back in the 40s. You figure, all right, not everybody knows the Wolfman. You do the, the Wolfman story. 2010 comes out. And, you know, the first hour of the movie is like hey something happened this guy got killed and we don't know what happened it's like the movie's called the wolfman Wolf you know i it. saw the trailer just yeah. get to it or do it more interesting yeah you know don't sit there and make me hear about the legend and the lore and everybody figuring oh well wolfman that's a crazy idea like no that's what you called your movie just get to it don't make it's me like, wait it's like that batman and robin movie or are they going to get together? Are they going to? Everybody knows they're Batman and Robin. Just get get them together already. Yeah. Let's so go. if you don't, it's either got to be really interesting and very well executed, or you know, go a different angle. Yeah. Uh, Kyle says Star Trek one through five had the Enterprise on the side. Six was just thrown in, but there was. Uh, Richard is right. There was another box set even after that that just threw generations in. Yeah. But I, I think it just said like generations on the side. It didn't like they didn't even bother to try to continue on that that image. No. 
Uh, and Sauce says, that's just how you hit on women back in the day. <laughs> Flirting has changed over the years. I don't know. I, I don't know. How's that working for you, Ryan? <laughs> well, I haven't been collecting uh, as we get to the end of the show here. Uh, maybe I'll tease our next episode because I haven't been collecting Star Trek VHS, but I have uh, gone back to collecting some other Star Trek thing that Ooh. I kind of started and then I stopped and now I'm I'm back on the horse again. Okay, wait a minute. Is it something that you've mentioned before? Oh yeah. I st- I started collecting them. The the Star Trek thing, I started collecting them and then I stopped and I actually gave like everything I collect I gave it away. Mhm. And then now I'm back. I'm back in it. I'm back uh in I'm going to uh, um is it an item that you keep in its box? No. Huh. It's, it's an item that you use. Hmm. You use it. I'm curious. I, I... I mean, it, it's an item that most people would use. Well, but... I, originally I was thinking, is it those like Funko Pop things? No. Because I think you had some of those. No, I, had, I actually don't have any Star Trek Funko Pop. Sarah has... Picard and mm-hmm. uh, Locutus. Hmm. I don't. I don't. Okay. I personally don't have any because I didn't like the look of them. They didn't look. <clears throat> I don't like the look of any of those things. What is it? Is it because is it because they're not trying to copy the actual likeness of the ca- of the actors? Is that like do they get this license cheap or something? No, because like they're called like they use their names, right? Like right. Uh, so they use the name, but they don't. Because they're not using the the actor's uh, likeness, I don't know. Does that make it cheaper? Maybe. I I don't. I imagine the actors would get a piece of that, though. I imagine because it's like dot don't. dot mouth, yeah. you know. Yeah. So you you could say like, all right, you're you're using the IP for just the name, you yeah. know, and maybe like some of the the right. costuming and like imagery but, or something. But some of them, like uh, for instance, Sarah has Bob Ross, and that uses his name, right? So he's got to right. be getting, or his estate has to be getting something. I that. guess. Well, I mean, they they whore his stuff out now. So, uh, so Kyle guessed model ships. Stephen oh. guessed playmates toy line. All right. Are you ready? Should I just uh, reveal it? Are Are they on key with the the plastic there? There, there's no plastic involved in these. Mm. Zero plastic. Well, Maybe. Just, what do you use? Like, and you actively use it, or, or well, you just put it on the shelf? Normal people would use it. I'm just putting them on the shelf, and then I'm using another version. I I use another version of it. Footsie pajamas. So embarrassed. But I've gotten back into collecting Star Trek books. <laughs> ah, the books, <laughs> the <right>. novels. <clears throat> and where so did you, I, where did you find these? So there is a place in Sudbury called uh, Bayview's Books, and they have an incredible selection of Star Trek. Not like just they're all like in this um, shelving unit, and they're piled like three deep. And I'm just like digging through all of them. It's like, yeah, I had this one when I was a kid. Yeah, I've read this one. Mm-hmm. So I got, I, I got a, a few. So we could talk about now, them. You're gonna have to read the motion picture one and let I us did. know if it follows the director's cut or the theatrical cut. The 
should I should we get into it now? We're already an hour. You got ten hour. minutes. I just saw the the warning come up. Oh, okay. Pizza cutter. Pizza cut. Star Trek. I always wanted one of them. Star Trek. <laughs> Mister Spock cutters. pizza cutter. No, they were not plates. No, the books. So no, this is actually this is actually great. I always had ignored the Star Trek uh, movie tie-ins because I just kind of felt like they were a waste of time. Right, like that. Mm-hmm. The story was designed for a motion picture for a movie wasn't designed for a book but this first one is actually written by gene roddenberry he actually did the the adaption and there was stuff that was being left out of the movie especially the parts where kirk is getting older and aging that william shatner just was like i don't want to do any of that because i want to be the young action star i don't want people thinking of me as an aging man because I want to do things like TJ Hooker and stuff, you know. So, but so all of that is is in here, and uh, parts of it were kind of used by Nicholas Meyer in this in the second movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you get a lot more into the Kirk's character, and you realize that Gene Roddenberry like put a lot of himself in, into that uh, character. And then it explains. There's a lot more uh, detail with uh, uh, what's her name, Ilya, Ilya, whatever. Her I remember name is, her name. Uh, her and Decker. And like, you know, it's kind of like cheesy in the movie how they kind of just get together at the end. And it's like, that seems like a real leap for Decker to like, he commits his life to Starfleet. And then it's like, no, I'm going to be this thing. But there, there's more about their, their relationship in the book. So it kind of makes a little more sense why he does what he does. And, um, you know, it, and then it just explains like the nerdy things like, you know how in their their uniforms they had that thing on their on their uniform, right? It was like yeah, a little the middle. belt buckle that was that thing has in. like all sorts of things in it that he explains. Like their universal translator was in there. Uh, there was like uh, a thing to like like they would build up radiation on the ship mm-hmm. just being out in space and all that. That so the thing would like wipe some radiation off them and stuff like that, like protect them mm-hmm. and and stuff. Though it's kind of kind of neat stuff like that. Okay. So yeah, uh, but I could talk more about Star Trek books uh, on the on the next. So episode. you've got more than just those two. Yeah, I got a few more. But see, I'm I'm reading them. <laughs> I'm reading them on my Kindle, right? So I actually, uh, you know, take the book. Like I took, I took the book and I took a photo of it to put it on my Kindle. <laughs> That's how nerdy I am. And then, or, somebody, or do you do you keep the book near you so you can smell it while you're reading the Kindle? I should. I should. Well, sometimes I do refer to the book to see actually how far I am uh, into into the book. But because sometimes it's a little difficult on the Kindle to tell where exactly you are in a book. Oh, yeah. You need to be able to visually see. Yeah. Like how much more of this do I actually have to read? You know, because sometimes because it so on the Kindle, it uh, estimates how long it's going to take you to finish the book based on your on, on your reading and it's fairly accurate mm-hmm. on on the kindle but then you just want to see well how many more pages do i have you know mm-hmm. kind of thing so that should be something that they add in those applications that like how, how much more do i have and it just shows you like a thickness of, of the spine that would be great like a little gap yeah that would be great uh okay oh yeah look for the ones written by peter david i know peter david he's yeah he did a lot of uh hulk stories too um, but he was the one who convinced um, 
the movie studio to give Sulu a first name and to use the name from the novels in into uh, in Star Trek hmm. Six. He's like, you got to, you guys got to use Hikaru because that's his name in all the novels. When, when did he? He didn't get a name until the movie. Huh? Until Star Trek Six. And um, wow, Uhura, it's never got Uhura never one. got one. Yeah, she's got one in the novels. I think it's, yeah, they uh, used it in the re in the reboots. Um, Niota? something like that. Yeah, it's Swahili, whatever hmm. whatever her name is. But yeah. Uh, so Tokujo says, I think that novelization has a bit that basically had Kirk explaining Spock is not his lover. I well. You know, uh, they're they're very friendly. <laughs> very friendly. Uh, that's uh, a whole subculture in the from some of those Trekkies. Uh, Kyle says that the the uniforms in Star Trek: The Motion Picture were awful gray PJs. The leisure shoot, leisure suit. Uniform. And Peter David, according to Rocket Sauce, is still doing Hulk stories. That's good. He was always uh, one of my favorite uh, writers of the Hulk uh, series. So good times. Imagine writing a Hulk story. Hulk smash. <laughs> no, Hulk he, he, angry. No, he would get into like all the Bruce Banner stuff and all that. I'm sure there's a lot you can do. Yeah. <clears throat> Good times. Okay. Hmm. That's uh, enough. I think we can end it here. Get ready for the next episode where we get right into the Star Trek novels. You mean I got to buy more DVDs? Yep. You got two weeks. Or watch the ones that you bought. You could do that too. You know, I'm pretty good at that. I buy a lot of stuff, but I I do watch a healthy percentage of it. Well, yeah, Sarah and I have been like, that's why I got like a box here full of DVDs because we've been just like, okay, we can get rid of this kind of thing. So, okay, that's it. All right. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Yes. We'll, uh, We'll do it again in two weeks. It'll be back. What, what is right. two weeks from now? Uh, we can figure that out after I hit end broadcast. Okay. All right. Later. Bye.